This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. And uh, very pleased to welcome Mary Holman to the studio. Hello. Thanks, Jesse. Hi. And, uh, provoked quite a bit of chat, your last topic, a couple of weeks yeah, ago. And I would encourage yes. people to go and listen to it again. We um, discussed the, uh, the question of whether it is still good advice to pay off your mortgage before you do anything else if you happen to have extra money. Um, I might just yes. get you to pull that microphone a little closer sure. to you if you can. Yep. Yeah, cool. Uh, and so let's go to some feedback from that session on whether to pay extra off your mortgage or invest elsewhere. Um, Somebody says, Mary, the elephant in the room that you seem to be ignoring is appreciation and the increase in the dollar that you get on every dollar you pay off in your house. That's quite a complicated sort of a point which you might have to explain to us. Yes, well, the the person is talking about by appreciation the increased value of people's houses and they certainly have been going up a lot in the in the last not quite year. No, it's it's only since about June, I think, um, that house prices came through the COVID worries and started booming mm. again. But so this person's saying that I'm ignoring appreciation, i.e., growth in house value, and the increase in the dollar that you get on every dollar you pay off in your house, and that isn't actually the right way of looking at it because it's not the dollars that you pay off that benefit from appreciation. It's the same appreciation happens whether or not you're paying down the mortgage. Because you agreed your price at the start. Yeah, you've paid, um, let's say you've paid 800000 and your mortgage is 500000 So that means um, you've put down a deposit of three hundred, and that's your equity in the house is... is is the value of the house minus the mortgage. And if the house value rose to, say, a million from 800000 so, okay, so you've had $200,000 appreciation, you get that regardless of whether you've, you're paying down the mortgage or not. Mm. It's not... They're not... the anything to do with one another, actually. So the correspondent um, is right that you benefit from appreciation, but they're wrong that you benefit more if you pay off the mortgage yes, earlier. Yes, it doesn't make any difference to your benefit. You might pay less interest. Um, yeah, yes, that's right. But that's not nothing that's to do with appreciation. Mm-hmm. That's a whole separate okay. issue. Yeah, yeah. How about this one? If your back's against the wall with a larger mortgage than your income or if you're squeezed to the limit, maybe you've recently bought into a hot market then easing the mortgage for lifestyle or to give you the ability to save as well as service the mortgage might be an idea. That's from Tim. Yeah, and we did cover that, really, that it's partly a kind of psychological thing if you're paying down your debt. And for a lot of people, that's really important. And I totally acknowledge that. I'm not going to argue and say you shouldn't feel that way. Mm. People do feel that way, and that's fine. I think that's all that was Tim who sent that yeah. message. I think that's all he's really saying that um, if things are uncomfortable, things yes, then paying down the mortgage is, is, is fine. It's never a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. We were just saying last week that with mortgage interest rates so low, 
uh, you might be able to do quite a lot better with your money elsewhere, even though you'd be taking more risk with the money elsewhere. But the equations changed a little bit, yeah. Here's another one. Um, Hi, Jesse. I listen with interest to your discussion with Mary. I'm no economist, but it seems to me that making extra capital payments on a mortgage is always a good idea. The interest rate on our mortgage went up to 21.5% in 1987 before wow. the stock market crash. And that was scary, even on a principal of $30,000. I hope we never see such high rates again, but I worry how even a small interest rate increase could affect those who are repaying hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, and I think he, that's a really good point that listeners making, that interest rates you almost certainly won't stay this low for years and years to come, you know, that the the economists get the stuff wrong all the time, but yeah. the general feeling seems to be that interest rates won't go down much more from here, that they're more likely to go up. And so people who are borrowing to buy a home or an investment property need to keep that in mind that, um, I mean, no one's saying they're going to go from two, two to um, ten in short order, but they could in long order. And... Um, People should really keep on, you know, be keep being aware that that mortgage interest rates are very unusually low at the moment, and so that's actually a very good argument for getting rid of the mortgages, sort of reducing your risk by by reducing your mortgage as fast as you can. Mm. It's a really good point. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so for people who, as I say, I encourage you to go listen to the podcast. All of our chats with Mary are podcasted on the RNZ site. But the main points from last time, Mary? Yeah, well, the main point that I want to sort of look at here is you said to me, OK, if you're not putting the money into paying down the mortgage, what should you do with it? And we looked at that briefly. But then the main points about that are that it's got to be something fairly risky. It's not a good idea to instead be putting the money in bank term deposits or something because the interest you earn on the term deposits will be lower than the interest you're paying on the mortgage. And so you've got to weigh up those two returns. So if you pay down a 2 or 3% mortgage, that's the equivalent of making an investment return of 2 or 3% after fees and tax. So... To do better than that, especially bearing in mind it's after fees and tax, mm. you've got to go into something pretty risky. Um, and I would say shares and property are the, the basic choices for people. Um, are they overvalued shares and property at the moment? Because they've both gone up a lot in the last, well, few years actually, but also especially in the last few months. Now, New Zealand and Last I looked, world shares have actually dipped a bit in the last few weeks, but they're still on a real upward ride mm. in the in the medium term. And who knows what's going to happen from there? Um, so going into rental property is is obviously one possibility. We've got to keep in mind, though. I, I heard some of you talking to to Bernard earlier yeah. today about the fact that the Reserve Bank has now been told by Robertson mm. to take house price increases into account when they make their decisions. And while the experts are saying they don't think it's going to make that much difference, it's still it's still there, you know. Mm. The, the idea that um, nobody much is really comfortable with house prices increasing at the rate they have, or nobody in government is. And so I wouldn't be... If I was looking at going into a rental property instead of paying down my mortgage, I would be 
you know, assuming that prices will probably go up, but probably not as fast as they have. Um, the other issues about, about getting a rental property are that by doing that, if you've already got your own home, you're, you are putting all your money in, in one type of investment, mm. i.e. property. Um, and, and if you're buying just one rental, you've also, you're lacking diversification in the rental market too because you've got just the one house. And things can happen to just one house. You know, um, suddenly to discover it's leaky or mm. there's problems in the neighbourhood or all sorts of things can happen. So it's, it's quite risky in that way. You also, with rental property, you can't sell it off gradually as you can with shares or a mm. share fund. You can, um, you know, in retirement or earlier on, if you need the money for something, you yeah. can just sell just some of the investment. Whereas with a rental, it's, it's all or nothing. There are quite a few hassles and... Um, you've got to borrow, most people have got to borrow to get into rental property. So, you know, while it's been a brilliant investment for quite a lot of people, I wouldn't want to count on it continuing to be really good, mm. you know. Um, Bernard made another interesting point, though, that Jacinda Ardern has, has said that she doesn't really want the government to make moves to stop house prices rising. She just wants them to stop rising quite so fast. Mm. Um so, so you know, I'm not, I'm not dumping on rental property. I'm just saying it's not, it's not necessarily a great alternative for a lot of people. Yeah. Compared with paying extra off the mortgage, so let's look at shares. Um, you talked last time we, we were talking about an irrational fear of the share market, and that's still there, and certainly in some parts of society, um, that came. Out of the out of the eighty seven share market fading crash, fading though, eh? Yeah, fading yep. since I first saw you write about it yep. in the, maybe the early two thousands. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, partly just younger people are mm. coming through, and they don't short of memories. No, but, well, they don't even they weren't even born. Some of them who are getting into shares in, in eighty seven, and and even their parents and that are maybe getting beginning to realise after all these decades of huge share price increases since then that they're not that scary. But I also think there are some. There's a bit, little bit of the opposite going on, and some people are getting taking quite big gambles in the share market. And this whole thing about um, oh, what was it called, the short selling scandal yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Um, something co. Yeah, what was that? Co- something about GameStop. Games, GameStop. Yeah, all of that was um, people dabbling in short selling, which is sort of selling shares you don't already own. We won't go into it because it's quite hard to p- get your head around. Yeah. But it, that's, but that's almost using the share market like social media. It, yes, it is. It's playing with fire, really. It, it's um, and, and I was really worried that some people who didn't really realise what they were doing with that. Mm. It, it's kind of big win if you're lucky, big lose if you're not. Yeah. Um, so I don't recommend all of that. But there are just looking at sort of basic share investments. Um, there are two ways to approach investing in shares. One is to buy the shares and trade quite frequently. Have a look in the markets, what looks like a good buy at the moment, what looks like a good sell at the moment, Mm. Um, or just getting in and holding for the long term. Um, The research shows that the long term holders tend to do better over the long run. People who try to trade frequently don't tend to do as well. But then again, it's, it's it can be a bit of a sport for some people. And, and now that you can buy and sell shares quite easily online and quite cheaply online, um, that's made all of that much more possible. And it's not a bad thing to do. Just be aware that you probably won't do as well in the long run mm. as, as the long-term holders. Nobody there's, does. There's, well, 
No, no, I wouldn't say nobody. Um, but uh, the the average person doesn't do as well. There are certainly some who do. You know, they're lucky, or they're clever, or they're whatever. But but you've um, told me that the ones who do well one one year often are the ones yeah. who don't do well the next year. Absolutely, yeah. yes, yeah. And in the long run, it it'd be a rare person. I mean, if you're looking at a thousand investors, you're going to find a few that just keep on being lucky because that's what happens mm. with chance. But but not many. Um, there are two, also two ways to select shares, basically. One is to, to pick individual shares. Um, oh, yeah, and I might just throw in a text that came in from somebody asking yeah. you for your appraisal of whether they should put money into my food bag. Big yeah. consumer brands going yes. into the share market. A lot of people will know about the success of that brand yes. and think, oh, maybe this is the time for me to support this thing yeah, that I love. and they're being listed on the stock exchange, so it's all very exciting. Yeah. And, and I can remember back to earlier eras in the 80s and at various times since when a lot of interesting new companies are coming onto the mm. share market. The deal with, they're, they're called initial public offerings or IPOs, and the deal with them is that it just depends what price you get the shares at. It, you know, if you, there might be a really good company with wonderful future, although I, I my food bag's got some competition out there that could could hurt it quite a lot too. But, but even if you assume it's got a fantastic future, if you pay too much for the shares, then it isn't a particularly good investment. You know, it can be a mm. good, good company, but not necessarily a good investment if you pay too much. And how the amateur judges the price of, of my food bag shares is whether that's really a good price, a good cheap price or not. I'm not sure. Um, there have been plenty of IPOs in in the last few decades that haven't gone well. You know, sometimes they do, and sometimes... Even darling brands, right? Yes, they can be really strong companies, but you just ended up paying too much to get into them initially, and and the price has gone down. So I don't don't know. They they might end up being great, they might not. By all means, put a bit of money in it, you know, and and have a bit of a fling, but don't put a lot of your money in it. And don't put money you need fairly soon in there either, because... You know, with some IPOs, the, the price goes down a lot within the first year, um, and with others it goes up. You've got the usual old Mary saying she doesn't know, I'm afraid. No, that's that's all good advice, but you've forgotten yeah. to give the usual old Mary about diversification. <laughs> so if you put all your money into my food bag, yeah. you're not getting diverse, diversification, if, yes, diversity through the share market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I would, so if you do it with a little... You know, 5% of your savings for a little bit of a fling and you've diversified all the rest of the money, that's Mm. fine. Yeah, but no, you're quite right. Um, Two ways of selecting shares. Choose individual shares, um, like my food bag or others. Pick companies that look strong, analyse them. The, The thing is whether you can beat the experts at that game and most amateurs can't because you've got... Um, fund managers, institutional investors, the, the big people in town are um, analysing shares all the time and working out what they think is the best buy, and even they get it wrong often. So amateurs don't usually beat the experts yeah. at that, and therefore they would end up... They might pick good shares, but once again, they might be good companies, but they might be too expensive. Amateurs don't beat the um, experts, and experts don't beat the market. Well, quite often, that's right. Yes, especially the, the first part. Experts, Some experts sometimes beat the market, but um, amateurs tend tend to be dragging behind, and being the ones that are selling to the experts or buying from the experts at, at, at just the wrong time, you know, mm. it, it's... So I recommend using a share fund, um, 
just going into it, and preferably an index fund. Um, we've talked about that many times before, but a low-fee share fund. That way you get a wide range of shares and you're not involved in picking which mm-hmm. which ones to buy. If you enjoy picking which ones to buy, and there's a whole new lot of people coming into the market doing that, do diversify, have lots of different companies and in different industries, because you never know. I mean, you know, who would have thought that the whole tourism industry would have got hit the way it got in the whole airline industry, you know. I mean, you just can't predict when an industry is going to get hit. If you had shares in Um, Air New Zealand and the camper van company and a hospitality company and, you know, accommodation business, you'd be stuffed, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you would, yes. So, you know, we've talked before and we will talk again about the importance of diversifying. If you're going to do individual shares, do try and get a big spread. And, um, you know, you're probably not going to do better than going into a low-fee index fund, but you might have more fun. And that, and that's valid too, you know. Speaking of fun, someone's asked if you've uh, looked into cryptocurrencies, Mary. Look, every now and then I read, struggle through a difficult article to try and get mm. my head around all that stuff. I kind of understand it, but I certainly don't feel I understand it well enough to invest. And I strongly recommend not investing in something if you don't really understand where the returns are coming from. In ordinary shares, the returns are coming from dividends and selling at a higher price. In rental property, it's coming from rent and selling at a higher price. With cryptocurrency, who knows what is really going on. If you really understand it, then maybe, but... Um, not for amateurs, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mary, can you talk about when to profit take with shares, particularly managed shares, asks Adele. You know, I'm not sure what she means by managed shares, but maybe she means a managed fund. Maybe. Um, when to sell so up and take the money. Taking, yeah. Um, that's timing the market, Adele. Sorry. It, people get it right sometimes and wrong sometimes, and there really isn't a good way of telling when to do that. Apart from to time it with your own needs, right? Yes, if you need need the money, but if you actually need the money for spending, hopefully you haven't got it in a share fund, hopefully you've taken it into a lower risk investment in the mm. meantime as you approach the time of spending. So trying to, yeah, having said all of that, if you do want to get your money out, quite a good idea to take some out now, some in, say, two months, some in, say, four months, just because you, we don't know what's the best time to sell, and then you're spreading it out so you don't sell the whole lot mm. at what turns out to be a bad time. Amelia, yeah. Amelia, how are we doing with the Link 3 caller? Have we got someone to go to? We do, OK. Um, well, Mary... Thank you very much. Pleasure, Jess. Yeah, that was a great session. Thank you. Cheers. And if you've come in late, uh, you can listen to um, this episode or former episodes of Mary Holm on Afternoons. Just head to the podcasts page on the RNZ website.